Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. summer series that we've been doing. Uh, some have been asking, how, how long are the lifesavers going to be up on the back wall? Well, it's, it's, they're coming down. All right? <laughs> some said they look like donuts. And so uh, hopefully you don't get too hungry when you're sitting here looking at those funny things back there. So anyways, uh, we're going to conclude today. In fact, we've been talking in the last few weeks concerning the house of God. If you remember, the Bible says this. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So there ought to have been something exciting for you or something that stirred excitement on the inside of you to come to church this morning. There's something for you here. And for that matter, you know, we said that this is the house or the house of God. And there ought to be an expectation as to when you come here. Now, For many of us, in fact, for all of you for that matter, I'm sure that you've gone to a restaurant to eat. And for that matter, there is a new restaurant. I guess it's been there for maybe a year, maybe a little longer. But there's one over on Miller Road that's called the Texas Roadhouse or Logan's Steak House, right? They call it a house. And when you go into the house, what do you expect to do? You expect to eat, don't you? You don't expect just to go there and people watch and let drool come hanging out your mouth. No, you expect to go eat when you get there. But did you ever notice that when you go to a nicer restaurant or maybe like maybe if you went to uh, the Texas Roadhouse, uh, oftentimes you get there and if you happen to get there at the wrong time, uh, there is a waiting list, right? They say, well, it's going to be about 20 minutes, it's going to be about 45 minutes, whatever the case might be. And they take your name and they put it on a list, right? Now, if you've ever been in that position or that situation, you can recall that as when you went to the restaurant, put your name on the list, and obviously the bigger your party is, the longer it takes for you to get a table, you know? But nevertheless, they put your name on a waiting list, and in the midst of being there uh, in the lobby... There's a lot of noise that's going on. There's a lot of distraction. Maybe there's music that's playing. Maybe the phone's ringing. There's people beside you that are talking and laughing and cutting up. And you're there maybe talking to whoever you're there with. And maybe you got your children with you. And they're asking you, how long is it going to be? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go over to the gumball machine? Can I get one of those? Can I get one of those? Shut up. Sit down. You know what I mean? (laughs) Some of you that got little kids like, I know what you mean. But in the midst of all that distraction, in all that noise, your ear is tuned to hear your name. Isn't that wild? That in the midst of all the noise, all the distraction, even in the midst of you having a conversation with somebody, you've trained your ear to hear your name in the midst of all the noise and busyness. Well, what about getting one of those little pager systems? You ever got one of those? Maybe they uh, are a little more advanced. They don't put your name on a, on a list. They give you one of those little pagers. And so now that makes it a little bit easier because in the midst of talking and all the distractions, this little thing vibrates and goes off on you, right? It's like, oh, it's me. And so it gets your attention. 
But think about it from that standpoint. That little paging system is almost kind of like your cell phone. Most of us have got a cell phone. Most of us are just glued to that thing. And how many of you have ever been just sitting there thinking, oh, I think my, my pocket just buzzed. And you look at it. No, no, guess not. Or you hear a sound and you think, was that my phone? Was that my ring? Is that my phone? And you look at it. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. And so in the midst of all these things, we have trained ourselves to be attentive to those things that are meant to get our attention, right? And so when we come into the house of God, the intent is to come and feed or get something to eat. Now, For many, they come to church for different various reasons, and I understand that. There are those that are single, and they're like, man, I hope he's there. I hope she's there because I'm looking to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright, right? You know, who said you can't use, uh, you know, hormone evangelism? You know, it it works one way or another. Get people in the church. We got good luck. See, all the cool people are here today, so we're going to start advertising. Cool people show up on the holidays. Good-looking people are there during the... Yeah, so anyways... (laughs) (laughs) right where was I going with that I forgot what I was going to say (laughs) when you come to church you're coming to feed or you're coming to eat and like I said the people come for all different kinds of reasons the social social interaction just to get their kids into church or whatever it might be but the main reason is to come and get something to eat and for that matter there are two particular things, the greatest things that church provides for us, number one is to begin to know God's word, which we purpose to eat or feed on when we come to hear the word of God. And secondly, is to know the voice of God. Two things that church provides for us. Number one is it provides us to hear or feed on the word of God. Secondly, it helps us and teaches us how to learn or, or discern the voice of God. Just like we talked about that paging system. To discern when God's wanting to communicate with you or get your attention. Or in the midst of all the busyness and the distractions of life. And how many would admit that life is very busy? Very distracting. And unless you are diligent, life will slip by you because you've been busy about doing nothing but never really been productive. Can anybody say amen or oh me? Come on, that, that, that's true, isn't it? I mean, it's like, dear God, it's already September. I mean, what have I been doing for the last nine months? You know what I mean? I mean, snow's going to be flying here. And so we've got to be very intentional. But God says, I'm purposing to help you learn who I am and that I want to communicate with you and talk with you and that you will get to the place of where you know my voice in the midst of the busyness. Dads, if if I can just say this to you, one of the greatest things that you could ever do is to teach your children how to know the voice of God. If you could help them understand and learn to hear the voice of God, it would set them on the course of success for the rest of their life. I speak to dads because obviously dads tend to be the functional leader of a home, but if you're a single mom or just mom in yourself, partnering together with moms and dads, teaching our kids how to hear the voice of God, knowing Him, So Psalms 119, we shared this last week, but Psalms 119 in verse 162, it says this. 
I rejoice at your word. Speaking of God's word or the Bible. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. So the reader or the writer of Psalms recognized that the word of God provides treasure. Well, treasure must be mined out. Treasure must be searched for. Treasure never just falls in your lap. It never just comes your way and says, oh, by the way, I was in your backyard the whole time. No, you've got to search for treasure. You've got to dig for treasure. And the Bible tells us that the Word of God is treasure. One translation says this, I find joy at what you have said, like one who has discovered great treasure. So notice this, it says, I find joy for what you've said. Not only did the writer say it's the Word of God, but understanding and recognizing that God's Word is God speaking to me. And as a result of identifying that and finding treasure, it says that it brought him joy. When you look that up in the Hebrew, the Bible actually says, one who displays joy. Now, the Word of God, what God says to us, can cause an eruption that shows up in a display of joy. So if you've ever come across some real grumpy, bent out of shape, difficult, mean Christians, then the question would be, number one, are you a Christian? But secondly, have you ever found the treasure of God's Word? Because the Bible says that His Word brings joy, and it really shows up in a display of joy. When Jacqueline said this morning, His mercies are new every morning, it went off on the inside of me when she said that. Because I thought, thank you, Jesus. Yesterday's over. Yesterday's behind us. Today's a brand new day with God's mercy. It's like, whew, praise God. And then as I begin, now again, let's just put this in the context. If you're out in the backwoods and you happen to be just playing in the creek and something catches your eye, this kind of sparkled and you bend over and you pick it up and think, is, is that what I think it is? That is a big nugget of gold. And you take it into the the jeweler, and they say, that is pure gold, baby. I mean, you just came up to $25,000 right there. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, what's $25,000? Can't buy nothing with $25,000. Oh, how would you act? I don't know about you. Because I know you're all dignified and you're all prim and proper. But if they said, it's, I'll buy this for you for $25,000, there would be a display of joy. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm saying? Hope my wife don't find out about this. How did you get that new Harley Davidson sitting? God. God just did it, man. Come on. Are you catching this? There would be a display of joy. And when the Word of God becomes a treasure to you, and it all of a sudden begins to go off on the inside, it might just show up as a display of joy. 
Now, be careful because if you haven't smiled in a long time, it might like crack your face or something. But I'm telling you, it will show up. There's a display of joy when we begin to find the treasure of God's word. Hebrews chapter 14 verse 2 says this. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrows or the natural man and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, it says the word of God is living. Now, we read that and we think, oh, that's just old English, King James talking. It's living. It's just like it's living. That's what they say, but it's just living. But when you look up the word as to the true meaning of what God intended for it to mean, living means this, to live, to breathe, be among the living, not lifeless, not dead, to enjoy real life. Whew. Come on, man. That's, that's a nugget of treasure right there. The Word of God is to live. There's something in here that actually produces life. And not to be among the dead, but among the living. And then lastly it says, to enjoy. The Word of God helps me enjoy real life. Not fake life, not counterfeit life, but real life. The way God intended it. How can that happen? Because there's a treasure in it. And it's not just ink on paper. This is literally a living spiritual thing that when we partake, partake of that treasure, it begins to do something in us. That's why it brings joy. That's why it moves you when you begin to get into the Word of God and find the treasure that's in it. The Word of God says it's a great treasure, so it must be sought. The Word, it says that it's God speaking to me. And because I know the treasure, there comes a display. Now notice what 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says. Every writing... For one translation says, every scripture is inspired by God. But one translation says it this way. Every writing is God-breathed. Didn't we just see there that the Bible says that it's living or that it's breath? Well, what breath is it? It is the breath or God-breathed. In other words, God actually is saying this. And then it goes on to say, it's profitable for teaching. So the word of God, the treasure of God's word is profitable. I don't want to do anything that doesn't produce profit in my life. Right? Now, I love to eat, but there's not a whole lot of profit that I've been finding that, that produces. But if I eat of God's word, it says that it produces a profit in my life. It says, for conviction... For instruction in righteousness. But then it goes on to say this. It sets things aright. I don't know about you, but that, that's a treasure. How many of you have had some, some things in your life that just have not been right? 
they're out of joint. They're out of sorts. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe it's your body. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your, 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 your kids, whatever. The Bible says that there is real life that can be experienced that will set aright things that are out of line. Come on. What's out of sorts in your life? What needs to come in line? Maybe your marriage is out of line. Maybe you feel like, God, something's got to give here. Now, when it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God is really only applicable to you for the most part. Because the Word of God, or you can never use the Word of God to change somebody else. So when it comes to your spouse, if they don't want to, they're not going to. But you can begin to allow the Word of God to make you a right. And maybe if you become a right, he or she might say, Ooh, I like what I see. I like the way you look. You look pretty sexy right now. Right? Because it can set a right your way of seeing. Have you ever noticed that there's stuff in life, arguments, struggles, hardships within a marriage that can cause you to look at your spouse differently? Come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know I'm not the only one that's here that's like that. You know? It's like you see your spouse and you're so ticked off. It's like, I just don't want to be in the same room with you right now. Right? It's typically my wife saying that to me. I don't want to be with you right now. But then there's times where things come or align themselves And the countenance, the atmosphere changes. Why? Because something got right. And the Word of God has that ability to do that. Notice what the Bible says. It says, study to show yourselves approved. We said last week that the house of God is really school. So it says, study to make yourself, to show yourself approved. So in other words, in in regards to the Word of God... I have to make room for this Bible. I have to make place for the Word of God in my life. How many of you know that you will make room for everything in your life that is assigned to value? If we understood the treasure that is in God's Word, we would make room for it. And upon making room for it, it would begin to produce real life. Now, again, I know you're, some of you might be saying, how does that show up in the natural realm? Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the Lord said it to me. I believe that the Lord gave me this illustration. Because when the Word of God does not have a place within your life, it's just blah. Have you ever tried to read the Bible and you're like, I don't make... It don't make sense to me for nothing. I mean, it's like, it's like trying to figure out computer code. Right? <laughs> He's a good computer guy. It just don't make sense. And the Lord said it to me this way. When we don't give place to the word of God in our life, it's like drinking flat Coca-Cola. Have you ever got into the refrigerator and you're thinking, oh, man, I just need a Coke. And you get in there and you're like, it's just flat. But then 
When the Word of God becomes life to you, it's like that Coca-Cola on a hot day. You go into the fridge and it's ice cold, never been open. Oh, yeah, baby. And you start to drink it. It's like, whoa. It's got that burn making you realize you're alive. Oh, it feels good. Tastes good. Why? Because it's full of life. It's full of fizz, right? When the Word of God becomes or has a place in your life and you begin to read the Word of God, it's like that ice cold Coke. Feels good going down. Come on, does that make sense? Are you seeing that picture? So let's make that look or put some bones or put some meat on the bones to help you understand what that looks like. Because I realize we can read the Word of God and it not make sense. But you got to know, first of all, where to look. You know, you, you, you'll talk to people and they'll say, well, I started reading my Bible today. And like, well, where did you start reading? Well, I read in that place where it's like, and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so. And then so-and-so begot so-and-so. And I didn't even know how to pronounce their names, but they begot so-and-so. <laughs> Well, don't start in a place like that where it doesn't necessarily make sense. You've got to necessarily know where to go. Or I guess starting in the Gospels would be a good safe place. Or even the book of John is a good place. But listen, let's put some meat on the bones. For instance, we said, how does the Word of God become treasure to my life? To where it actually produces real life. Well, you know this verse from a child or you learned it somewhere, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who would ever believe would not perish but have everlasting life. All right, so I can hear that verse and think, yep, yeah, that's great. For God so loved the world, gave His only begotten Son. But if you'll purpose to allow that to become that ice-cold Coke on the inside that just kind of fizzles and fuzzes and... And, you know, every once in a while it comes back up, you know. It's like, whoa. What does that mean? You just allow that to come out your mouth. For God so loved the world. Well, I don't feel really loved right now. I feel crummy. I feel like dirt. But God so loved the world. Well, I guess I'm in the world. So regardless of whether I feel crummy or not, I guess if I'm in the world, that qualifies me. God, God loved me. In fact, God loved me so much that he gave his son. Wow, I must be pretty special that God loved me enough to give me a son because I know that I wouldn't give my son for nobody. But God loved me that much? And then he goes on to say that if I would believe that he would receive me and I'd have everlasting life. So you mean I don't have to qualify for that? All I got to do is believe? See, if I begin to let that word of God, and again, I, I know that's a gross statement or a, an example, but like I said, if you, you have that Coke and it's all fizzy and it, it comes back up or a, a burp comes up, that's what the word of God will do if we'll purpose to get it in us. It will start to come back up every now and then to remind you of what he said. John 10.10 10 is one of my favorite verses. For it says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come. The reason that I've come is that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So once again, life really seems stinky. 
I mean, it seems like they're having t- trouble paying the bills. It seems like the kids are always sick. Something's always breaking down. God, I know that you so love me. Whoop-de-doo. Things are pretty cruddy right now. But you said the reason that you came was that I would have life and life more abundantly. And then you said that the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, okay, that's not coming from you, God. That must be him trying to mess things up. Oh, okay, so he's trying to keep me from understanding how much you love me because this is what you came to do, that I would have life and life more abundantly. Okay, God. So then, therefore, if I can have life and life more abundantly, then that means that this must not be all that there is. Oh, well, you just never know. But no, you came to die for the world, and I'm in the world, so that means I qualify for that. You never put any stipulations on it. You said that this is why you came, that I would have life and life more abundantly, so it's got to get better than this. I've hit rock bottom, and so that means it can only go up from here. I can have, oh, wait a minute, God. You mean you actually met my needs, but you said I, I, I can have it more abundantly even yet? Oh, you mean I can have abundance in my physical health? I can have abundance of life within my marriage? I can have abundance of life in my physical body, in my, in my mind, with, with my children? I can have abundance of life? You see, as it begins to percolate back up, all of a sudden the Word of God becomes a treasure. God, you said that I could have life and life more abundantly. That's why you came You came for that reason. Not just for when I get to heaven, but you said I could have it now? Oh, it's got to be better than this. Well, yeah, but you know how you messed up. You know what you did. Wait a minute. It didn't put a contingency in it. I know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that must be you, Mr. Devil. So shut up because God said I can have life abundantly. You see, as this starts to bubble back up, all of a sudden I step over into experiencing real life and if I'm not necessarily experiencing real life it gives me something to shoot for and it always tells me that if I'm here I can go up another level if I'm here I can always go up another level if I'm here I can always go up another level and see here's the thing it never bothers anybody for you to get blessed for you to increase or experience real life until you start living life better than them Then they got a problem. But when you are having some hardships, oh, just keep believing in God, baby. You know, just keep trusting, just keep praying. But then when you start living the good life, the real life, well, you know, you just high and mighty thing, you. You know, God doesn't want you to live that well. God doesn't want you to drive that kind of car. God doesn't want you to do that and don't go there, right? It's just that you've surpassed them because you started to find treasure in the Word of God that brought you up. Amen? Come on, has anybody ever given you a hard time for riding a Harley Davidson? Other than your wife? (laughs) Come on, man. Harley's for Jesus, baby. Come on. You can give God glory driving a Corvette. You can give God glory having a nice house. Does God care? No, He just wants you to experience real life and not for that to have you. Right? So God wants us to experience this. And in the Word of God, it makes this Christian walk fulfilling. 
Why? Because he says that the Word of God is living or it enables me to enjoy real life. Can you say amen? Are you doing okay? Let me try to finish this up if I can. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. It says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What begins to transform us? It's the Word of God. It helps us. It will change the way we think. Once again, notice what it says in Hebrews 14. It says, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow of the, fat, of the flesh man, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It is a discerner that divides what is natural and what is God. Now, let me just help you. When it comes to the Word of God, and if the Word of God becomes that treasure that is living, it will change the way you come to church. Why? Because the Bible says that the Word of God makes a distinction between the spirit man and the natural man. If it does not change the inward man, then this whole thing becomes religion. Have you seen people that have gotten fired up for God, excited for God, and they're at church, and then little by little by little, they disappear? What happened? They fell into the religious nature of church and never stepped over into experiencing real life. Are you hearing me this morning? I said the Word of God will help us live real life and this experience of coming to the house of God becomes a living place where I begin to know God's voice, get His Word, and I begin to feed on what He said to me to help me step out of where I'm at into this real life He intended for me to live. It's not religious. Now let me just hear this right. We have a Wednesday night service where we purpose to teach the Word of God a little more in depth to help us go from where we're at to the next place, to grow in our maturity, in our relationship with Him, of knowing who He is. And it is very poorly attended. But you know what that tells me? That tells me that we don't necessarily value or treasure the Word like we could or should Because if we did, we would come to the steakhouse and eat. Well, I've got a lot of things going on. I got that. But how many times do you stop throughout your day to eat natural food? Every week? Every month? No, every day. And several times a day, right? Now, don't hear me as being critical. I'm simply saying you'll find place in your life for whatever you set as a place of priority. And if the Word of God is something that produces real life, I'll make room for it. Amen? We'll see you Wednesday. Turn the light on for you. All right? (laughs) Now, again, don't hear that as being critical. I'm simply saying God wants us to experience Him more and more. Now, concerning the Word of God, I'm going to close with this. Just give me a few more minutes. Concerning the Word of God, it has the ability... To renew my mind. 
when I read the word of God, I don't read it from my brain. I read it from my spirit man. That's where the inward man is and it changes me. It causes me to begin to grow. And as a result, it begins to help me identify, as we said, what God said or knowing his voice. And Jesus said this. He said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things that I've said to you. And therefore, when I'm trying to get your attention, you'll begin to discern my voice. In the midst of the busyness, you'll hear me call your name. In the midst of all the busyness, when the pager goes off, oh, I felt that, God. I felt you pulling that and giving me direction. And you gave me some wisdom to make things right because I know your voice. Now, have you ever been in this place before where in the busyness of life and all the distractions of life, You came to the back end of that and you said, man, when I started this whole thing, something on the inside of me said, you should have done. I knew I should have done that because something told me that. If you've ever had that experience, raise your hand. You've never did anything in your life or had a circumstance where you just said, oh, man, something was telling me I should have done that. We all have. That's the Holy Spirit. How would you like to be gone around for eternity or for as long as humanity and they call you something? Something on the inside. Well, he's not something. He is the Holy Spirit. And he's always trying to get our attention to give us direction, give us leading in our lives. Do you remember uh, Sylvester Stallone? Anybody know who he is? Here's the way that the Lord said it. He says that he'll bring things back to your remembrance and it will be identified as God's voice. How many of you know Sylvester Stallone? Right? We all know him. You hear these celebrities all the time and I'm just using him as an example. But he's walking down the street and he's walking down the street. They're like, hey, Rocky, Rocco, Adrian. Right? What are they doing? They're identifying with the character. That's not who he is, but that's how they identify him. And he's gracious. They're like, hey, man, good to see you, man. Autograph, sure thing, man, not a problem. And that's how the Holy Spirit brings the Word of God back to us. It's what we identify with. It's God's voice, but what he's really doing is using the Word of God as a A template to learn his voice. Does that make sense to you? So, for example, we see in the Word of God concerning Moses, from cover to cover, the Bible gives us an example of God speaking to us. Moses, the Bible says God provided. Elijah, God produced the oil. With Jesus, he turned the water into wine. For us, he says, I'll supply all of your needs. From cover to cover, we have example of God speaking to us, not just good stories, but those stories begin to tell me the consistency of God's heart. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. Concerning Noah, we see that God delivered. He protected. Moses, he directed and protected. Daniel, he went into the lion's den. 
Shut the lion's mouth. How many of you have ever faced lions in your life? David, he came up against a giant. God delivered. And Jesus went to the cross to deliver us. We see in the scripture, the Bible speaks from cover to cover about God's healing power and desiring to touch and love on our lives. Blind Bartimaeus, the woman with the issue of blood. The father that had the daughter that eventually died. The, 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 boy, the man that had the boy that had the palsy or, 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 or was, was uh, going into a seizure. All of those scenarios, we see a God or Jesus being the healer. Is it just good stories to say, wasn't that swell? Awesome. No, it's to give us an example of God's voice speaking to you. What do you got going in your life? What do you need provision for? What, what do you need deliverance or protection from? What's going on in your physical body? If I did it then, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of a sudden, something starts to come alive on the inside. The treasure starts to percolate and like, woo, yeah, that's right. God's a big God. God's awesome. God's great. Man, he did it then. He'll do it now. He did it for them. He'll do it for me. Praise God. Woo, what's it do? It's beginning to produce life. And then I step over into experience in life because I begin to believe God's voice. And the Holy Spirit begins to bring it back to our remembrance. God's word is God speaking to me. God's word is alive. And it says that God's word helps me enjoy real life. The house. God's place of worship. Helps us begin to know his voice. Know his word. Let me finish with this last story. Worship team, you can come on out. I heard this story of a man. He was actually a, 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 a minister. And life just really threw him a bunch of junk. And he got himself into a bad place, a dark place in life. Left the church, going to the bars, just trying to escape the current reality. He said one day he was leaving the house. It was in the middle of the wintertime. He was getting ready to leave the house and go down to the bar. Just wanted to quiet the noise in his head. Wanted all the distractions to go away. And as he's walking across the lawn in the middle of winter, treading through the snow, he happened to look behind him and he saw his son following him. Just a little guy. And the little boy was stepping in all the footprints of his dad. And at that point, God arrested him. He said, where are you leading your son to? I don't know about you, but I want my kids to know God's word and the treasure of it, to experience real life. I want my kids to know God's voice firsthand. I want my wife to trust me as a man of God. Not as a preacher, as a man of God, a believer, a follower of Christ. To know that the steps that she's walking in, that I'm leading our family, is one that's always leading to Him. And as I lead our family, I'm leading them in a path of real life. One that is meant to be enjoyed. And if you recall, that one phrase says, displays of joy. 
God's whole desire and as we continue to get better in this thing, I want our family life to be known as not times around the video games, not times around the swimming pool, not times about watching TV programs, but about those times that we as a family were (laughs) displays of joy. Isn't God good? Isn't God faithful? Isn't God's mercy good? Yesterday's gone. Honey, you messed up yesterday. You got a bad grade, but today's a new day. God's mercy is great. And to where a smile can come to their face to say, yes, that's the God we serve. I don't know about you, but that's the life I want to experience. Because God has caused there to be a house for us to come together and experience this life together. I want to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate the victories. I want to be in the trenches through the junk of life. We'll come out of it rejoicing. Displays of joy. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Yes, Lord, thank you. It was in my heart to pray for individuals and we're not going to belabor this out but the Lord spoke this to me last week that there are individuals that there's a lot of confusion in your mind there's just a lot of junk busyness distractions, noise and God wants you to be free from that So nobody's looking around. I'm not going to call you up front here. But if that's you and you say, I want freedom from all the noise in my head. I want to be able to think clearly, see clearly. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand over there. Amen. I've seen at least six people. There might be more. So if I missed you, forgive me, but if that was you, I'm going to pray a prayer and you just say, yep, you're praying for me, Pastor. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, those that are listening online, in Jesus' name, in that matchless name of Jesus. The Word of God says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that there is no name above that name. So maybe it's a name that's called migraines. Maybe it's a name called depression. Maybe it's a name that's called mental illness. Maybe it's just distraction. In the name of Jesus, we command that confusion, that darkness, to bow its knee. We take authority over you and we command you to go in the name of Jesus. And we speak freedom. We speak wholeness. We speak clarity now. And we thank you for it. And we give you praise. Everyone said, Amen.
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.